your source for stateside views on Everton Football Club. Hosted by James Boyman and Ryan Williams. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to ATP. James here, joined as always by Ryan for part three of our 2020-2021 squad assessment. On this episode, we will be going through the Everton midfield, talking about each player individually. We'll be talking about, similar to the last segment, type of player our new manager, Rafa Benitez, might want. Talk about his previous signings in the same position. See how our current players fit with the typical Rafa mold. And then whether the position is a need or not. And if so, who could we potentially be looking at based on the data and any rumors that are floating out there, Ryan? So without further ado, let's start with our central midfielders and defensive midfielders. So I think we can assume that even when Rafa played uh, five, four, one, we're going to assume he starts at the five, two, or pardon me, five, two, how many players we want out there? <laughs> four, two, three, one, uh, where we're going to have more of kind of a sitting type defensive mid, and then another defensive mid, but someone who might get up and down the field. And again, traditionally he's played with like more of a playmaker and we'll get into the people he's bought and some of the teams he had in the past, but let's first go year over year performance. Um, and so some of these guys obviously played elsewhere, but I think it's interesting to compare them, them both. So the first one is, I think everyone here has signed multiple years. You've got Alon here who's signed like Tom Davies is through year 2023. Uh, Fabian Delph is in his last contract year. Uh, and Decore and Andre Gomes and JPG are all signed through 2024. Um, and Gomes in particular on almost 6 million a year. So He's the big contract out there. Yeah, I know. Sigh. Um, but anyway, let's start with the lawn. Um, so we know the type of player that, that we thought we were getting. Um, he was still a guy that from midfield would progress the ball for sure. Uh, up the field via carry. He could create a little bit from deeper, but the bottom line is he was such a receiving possession stud. Um, but I mean, he played a lot more defensive mid. I think they tried to play him kind of in a holding and a sitting role. And too often we observe space between the center halves and him. His progression is way down. I feel like he almost needs to play higher. I, I don't know. It just, it just, we didn't quite get the player. We thought we were getting the, the biggest numbers. I mean, you know, he was very comfortable being pressed and things like that. The biggest numbers, I mean, final third passes way down. Um, from almost like four per game, you know, down from like five, almost five and a half. His shot created actions down from 2.89 to 1.67. Um, I think the biggest one that's craziest one is touches in the attacking third. He went from all, over 17 a game at Napoli to under seven. He had only three touches in the penalty area the entire year. Yeah, I mean, the dribbles are the same. Progressive carries down 4.21 to 5.63. Again, he didn't lose the ball much at all, you know. Um, He's receiving the ball lower. He's just playing deeper. Is this the player that we need him to be? I I don't think so, Ryan. I mean, you talk about how desperately we need players to progress the ball. One of his strong suits, and yet he was kind of uh pigeonholed in that defensive role which he was great at i mean he made some really impressive tackles he, he covered the pitch well despite his lack of athleticism and pace yeah 
but we probably could have used him more in a higher higher role with someone behind him to cover for him where more often than not he was the guy who was relied on to cover for others uh, who were perhaps less effective yeah and his defensive numbers reflect that too you know what i mean way fewer tackles higher you know um his tackle rate's not quite as good his pressure rate is slightly up but his interceptions are way up he's sitting farther back that's all you know he's been okay he's just playing in that particular role I think, again, we identified the one solution with, you know, having a sitter behind him and allowing him to go forward. But if Rafael Benitez is playing only two, that might be problematic. But either way, we agree. We need to get more out of this guy for sure, at least from the progressive and creation side. Yeah, most definitely. And then we move on to our other midfield addition, Abdulia Decore, and we'll compare him, obviously, with his previous season at Watford. I mean, no question he was very good for Watford, but used very differently. I think in his final season there, even then he had in a couple the the previous seasons, um, it was certainly his lowest offensive output uh, in an Everton shirt of his career in England, for sure. And it's the same thing, you know, he's getting only like, you know, one and a half touches in the attacking penalty area, you know, and only, you know, less than 13 in the final third, um, just way fewer dribble attempts, progressive carries. I mean, we used to see him at Wadford take the ball and take off with it. Yeah. You know, he just was not afforded that luxury um, often enough. Uh, he took care of the ball really well. I mean, it's probably his, his, I mean, it's his best passing percentage highest in his career. Um, but again, you know, his progression is way, way down, very similar to, to a lawn. Um, you know, I, and he was on that right side too. That's something to think about. You know, if you don't have a right wing that can kind of hold the ball a little bit under Carlos scheme, he's not going to be able to get forward. And I think that's a lot of, of what we saw, you know? So I, I think, you know, we're not going to see that under Rafa, but I think this guy can do better, but either way, year over year performance, it's, it's down. But I think again, it's reflective of how he was used. Yeah, I just think it's interesting that we we bring in these two guys who are cl- clearly capable of bringing those much needed attributes we needed yeah. in the midfield, and yet they weren't utilized in the same way. Similar to how we had a lot of guys on the bench who could perhaps bring what we needed, but weren't able to even get on the pitch. So some perhaps uh, further indication that Carlo was at the very least and the kindest using guys differently than maybe they're accustomed to at the worst misusing them and the teams it's a team game too so it's really hard to necessarily blame carlo for for kind of a a midfield issue when it could have been the center halves not being aggressive enough because i mean in Mm -hmm. napoli i mean alan would sit deeper sometimes to like fabian ruiz but you had koulibaly right behind him you know what i mean it's just a different kind of setup so anyway fabian delf um he didn't play as much (laughs) i don't know what to say you know he really didn't have as many injuries as this before sadly uh, we took a chance on him. The sad part is when he plays, I mean, his possession numbers and progression numbers are debatably the best on the team. I mean, and historically, he's been on teams where he's been close to the best possession-based midfielder in the entire Premier League, and another season or two when he's been one of the most progressive. And sadly, sadly, under Carlo, I actually think he could have really helped, but he's got a year left. We'll talk about the Rafa profile. I don't think it fits it. Um Tom Davies, interesting year over year. Mm. I mean, he played differently. Kind of a he was playing yo-yo. deeper, right? Yeah. Yeah, just, I mean, we want, we expect Tom Davies to be the guy who wants to play fast, to, to yeah. typically attack, but he was definitely kind of 
remolded in Carlos under Carlo to be that sort of uh, back up to Alon at times when, when he was out for that long stretch to just kind of be the destroyer, the disruptor, the aggressive uh, deep sitting playmaker. Yeah. And so you saw his pass completion went way up like five percentage points up final third was much less involved. Yeah. His uh, passes into the penalty area Same. went down. A lot of those stats uh, went down again, reflective of the fact that we weren't really getting our midfielders forward very much at all. Yeah. Progressing down just like the rest of the team completion up. And I'll tell you one thing though, he deserves a lot of credit for is um, his, his defensive numbers were outstanding for him. You know I mean? His tackles are almost twice as high. His rate was higher. I mean, my God, last year, his tackle rate against triples is like 15%, 15.7%. I mean, that is just putrid. That was one of the worst in the entire league. I mean, he jumped it up to 25%. His pressure rate was way up. Like, he was good at pressing people. 33.5 up from 23.3. 33.5 is a really good pressure number for, you know, a midfielder. Um, his interceptions way up 2.15 per 90 versus 1.24. So I mean, his defensive numbers were outrageously better. Now, I don't understand why Carlo didn't play him in the second half of the year at times, especially against some of the teams he did well against. But again, he was fascinated with Gilfie. Hopefully that won't happen going forward. So they were different, but I actually think he improved. I, I think I saw a lot of signs that made me feel better about him in the future, in particular his defensive efforts and his defensive positioning. He just seemed more active and more astute. I think he became a better player year over year. Um, let's talk about Andre. Let's talk about Andre. Another the de- defensive numbers were up. Yep. Is mm. certainly not a guy who created a lot, still very no. low in terms of expected goals and expected assists. Uh, not going to give you a whole lot on the offensive end. Three of 14 shots all season on target, no goals. Um, passing completion, pretty similar. Progressive distance went down quite a bit. So carrying the ball less, pass pressure went down as well. Yeah, so he wasn't under pressure and he was doing this stuff. Right, so there's really still not, down. A, not a whole lot of excuses. Uh, passes into the penalty area went up just a smidge. Uh, shot created actions also up. Which yeah, is crazy. The final, because... final third passes went way down. It's kind of strange, right? Yeah. I mean, his 1.9 from open play was higher than Gilfie in terms of shot created uh, actions. Terrible. What does it's that say? That says about both. I don't yeah. know what to say. Um, yeah, I mean, look, he got more touches in the attacking third, you know, and I think that was a bit of the difference this year. You know, he's never going to get in the penalty box. He's almost allergic to it. But um, some of his defensive numbers were better. I mean, his tackle rate against dribbles was way up. You thought Tom Davies made an increase. I mean, Gomes was at 11.1 last year. I mean, oh. that may have been the worst. It may, I think it was the worst in the entire league for someone with his minutes. Um, but it's up to 32.8% this year. His pressure was good last year. You know, the, the weirdest part about this guy is it makes no sense. He's a much better defensive player when he's playing more challenging defensive roles, pressing up higher. And that makes it makes yeah. no it makes no sense. Bizarre. Uh, it's very strange. Um, yeah, I mean his dribbles were up, but his rate was way down. You know, and and his as actually I think his progressive carry distance was actually up. His carries, his number of carries was way up. But again, he's starting deeper. You know what I mean? Um, so his numbers were actually not as bad as I would thought they were. But still, uh, you know, looking at a guy who's on a massive wage. Again, we'll get to what does Rafa want, but I mean, you got to look at that number and think if we're going to turn over here, 
I mean, are you getting enough to, to justify that wage? Yeah. You got to think there's there potentially better options. The question becomes who's going to take him. Is he a move? Is he movable? I just remember how excited everyone was, or a lot of the fan base was after on that first season on loan, thinking we, we need to sign him the hugathon, all of that. But right now you're looking at a player who's one of our highest paid. Who Why just, does everyone bring the hugathon? I don't know. Cause it's just so random. It was like, nice. It, it was a nice. very nice gesture. It was. it was, but again, player who's getting paid a lot to do. I don't think quite enough to justify the price tag. Yeah, so let's talk about year-over-year performance from J.P. Bameen. Um, um, he was hurt, and then he was hurt. So he was. He went freak injury, freak <sighs> lingering injury to on the cusp of coming back to second freak injury. But and he's back. Yeah, I saw training. him in the training video that came out. Looked. Uh, I haven't been on Twitter in the last 10 minutes. I think he's not been injured yet. Correct. Knock on wood. No. And look, I mean, he's a super talent. I I loved him when we signed him. So, all right, let's take a backtrack. Okay. What do we think Rafa wants in those, you know, two kind of in the four, four, two, three, one. Yeah. So I think it's going to be a system. Look, Evertonians are familiar with the four, two, three, one. We've seen variations of it. You're going to want one of those two, deep lying midfielders to be able to get up and down, get back and forth. One guy playing more defensive, other one being more creative. Um, it and, could be, I, I mean, he has a lot of deep line playmakers here, but you know, it's also guys that go box to box, box to box. Right, so, you know, right. progress, getting the ball forward in one fashion or the other, you know, whether you're running off the ball or you're passing it, you know, in some, some, some combination. Um, so some of the combinations are kind of interesting, right? I mean, we got Valencia that not a lot of people knew. Um, Albelda, you know, he sat deep. He was more like kind of your guy that hatcheted people, shorter distribution. You know, it was a pretty skilled team, though. Um, Baraja was more your athletic up and down the pitch type guy, although not really necessarily your deep setting playmaker like you saw some other places. Like, I, I think as much as it pains me to say, I think that Liverpool combination was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, between Mascherano and Xavi Alonso, you had Mascherano bringing the ball-winning, deep-lying disruptor, and then you had Alonso as the playmaker. Look, I mean, he was obviously very successful with those two, and two guys who have gone on to have kind of impressive careers. But that's kind of the prototype, I think, you know, because Mascherano's not not a big guy, but he even dropped back and played center half later in his career. Yeah. and, and yeah, Alonzo's the ball mover, you know, like the deep line guy that's pinging the ball around and progressing it and could get up to the pitch, get up the pitch and kind of sneak into the box and do some damage once they got it up there. I mean, that's the combo. Um, Inner had that combo, too. I mean, it was mostly Jose. You've got Cambiasa was kind of your ball winner and Stankovic was was the deeper line playmaker that could get up the field, much like Jabi Alonzo, a little different. Um, Mata had to play a lot. It, it was too similar to Cambiasso. That was kind of their problem there, really. It's so many injuries on that inner team. Uh, Samuel Eto also with the headbutt suspension probably didn't help. Yeah. Former Evertonian. Um, yeah, can we bring him back? Um, <laughs> oh my God. Uh, but yeah, I think that's uh, when we talk about center forwards, we'll talk about the story about him uh, wanting to buy him. That was a funny story, too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of the same combo, right? And then at Newcastle, he had a whole different group of people but but i mean john joe shelby's kind of like your playmaker that gets up the field and diame was a guy that that's a center half really that kind of sat back um 
Mikel Marino, people forgot that he was there almost, you know, because he kind of came in on loan and then left him. He's like a $40 million player right now. I and mean, he's more your, you know, Javi Alonso type player. Um, and Keysung Young was, was kind of supposed to be his replacement. I know it never really worked out. I guess Isaac Hayden is, I guess he's more your kind of ball winning defensive sturdy guy. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I think that that's fair to say. And look, I mean, he's brought in plenty of talent in this area before we already talked about Mascherano. We talked about Chavi Alonso, but he brought in Jorginho to Napoli. I mean, he's made some some big signings. Yeah, yeah. Alberto Aguilani at Liverpool was a total <laughs> flop. But yeah, he was supposed to be your memory sold Alonso. It's like, what are you doing? But but he's actually less of the playmaker and more of the box to box guy. So I, I don't know, maybe that combo doesn't work as well, but he has tried it. Um, you know, and and Marino could get up and down the field too. And uh Lucas Leva. Yeah, that's right. I mean, he was young. I mean, so it's hard to judge him. And, you know, Jorginho really didn't ever explode or make it until sorry took over. Right. Even though God doesn't, he seem like, I mean, maybe he's not the defensively stout player, but God, yeah. you think you pair him with the, I mean, are you kidding the way he can progress the ball? Um, so anyway, I, I you know, Kovacic is, is the other guy he bought for big money, but he was like 21. I mean, I, I don't know what I, I guess you call him more the box to box kind of playmaker. I think type. so. Yeah. But, but, you know, e- either way, I, I think we've got two profiles and I think the question is whether it's a deep line playmaker type person that's, that's more progressive in nature through the past or a guy that's got more energy can gets up and down the pitch. You know, it's one of those two with more of a sitter. So which of our players makes sense considering those profiles? Alon is the big one for me. I mean, sorry, turned him into a box to box monster at Napoli. He grew up being more of a defensive mid, more of a traditional one. I, I mean, I think if he could play either role, that's fine. But don't you think the box-to-box one, at least in the Premier League, is the better fit? I mean, he likes to kind of carry the ball, and he's also very much a possession player. Could he transition to Rafa to play faster and more direct? I mean, what do you think? I think he could suit that type of role. I do think, like, his ability to get his ability to get up and down, like recovery, he's not fast, but he seems to just have that positional awareness where I, I think he could be disciplined enough. To, to play the box to box. And I think we have other guys who probably, you know, big ifs in terms of the staying healthy department, but guys who could really suit that, that true, like deep lying destroyer better than Alon, who I think, but then you're looking at, of course, you talk about Decore. It's like, you, it's hard yeah. to kind of fit them both into that mold because they can really both do both roles, but I, I don't know. I think, but I think Decore might be the better fit, at least in terms of, the general profile. Yeah. He seems like he'd be great getting on second balls off of Dom's head. You know what I mean? Cause he can yeah. get up so, so well, uh, I could see him playing the 10 though, too, to be perfectly honest. And we will talk about him. I, I think the problem with that is if, if those two guys are your two, I could see that in a scheme where the center halves move up, you know yeah. what I mean? They play a little higher. I think that makes more sense. If they're sitting back, I, I don't know. It seems like those two would be the two box to box guys. And maybe you can make that work. You know, and put Decoria at 10 sometimes when we're leading or, you know, some guys are going to get banged up. Maybe Elon could fill in and play the the deeper line guy because God knows he can win the ball. He's one of the best tacklers on the planet. Um, but I don't know. So, so, all right, Andre Gomes. Clearly, if any profile he fits, it's that deep line playmaker. But, right. I mean, he can distribute, but he, he, I don't, it's not like a, a real super direct player. I mean, is he a fit? I think I've got some real questions about how well Andre Gomez suits 
where Everton <laughs> seemed to be headed. Yeah. Uh, and I think we both had some questions about Andre last season, but his range is good. He, he can it pick is. a long pass, and so he could be utilized. I think Rafa could see some uh, value there and something he, he certainly contribute, but I just don't know if he like is even in the first 11 for the type of profile that Rafa might want at each position. Uh, it concerns me too. I mean, he on a good day is great at holding the ball transitioning from back to front, but he transitions it a little different. It's, it's the holding dealing with pressure and either spraying it to the wings or when he's playing really, really, which I think that works fine with Rafa, but when he's playing really, really well, he holds the ball and he goes by people, you know, his carrying is his gift, I think. Um, And Rafa doesn't want people to carry the ball, you know, and, and Andre is, he has some moments where he just pins it back and goes and plays fast, but I don't know. And I think he's so poor defensively. I mean, it just puts so much pressure on anyone playing next to him. I cannot imagine him being able to sit back even deeper and play in any sort of disciplined way. So I I just, yeah, I mean, I I don't, I don't see it. Um, And I, I, I would not be surprised if he tries to move him out and I don't know who would be takers there. I mean, he does have a big wage, but I still think some people look at him and think they can make him into something. What about Tom Davies? I don't know. I think the real question, like of Tom Davies' Everton career, is what's his best position? What is this guy? And I think we may have found a potential. What is he supposed to do? Because we thought he was like a ten, but he's clearly not that. I think at this stage of his career, could he be the deep lying playmaker? Probably not. I don't think he quite has the range, but he does like to play quickly through lines. True. Could he continue sort of this transformation into that that defensive type of player? Could be. I think I think Tom Davies is like clay in Rafa's hands or whatever the the uh <laughs> the manager wants him to be. Like I think he can be really versatile, but is he a jack jack of all trades, master of none? Now we did you you've complimented him, Ryan, on his improvements in defensive positioning and some of his discipline, but he still might not be quite at that level that Rafa's looking for. Yeah, I mean, I think about him, and there's no way he could play the sit deep and win the ball guy. <laughs> We know that yeah. uh, despite his improvements, but if he's paired up with that guy as a playmaker, I mean, if we got a couple guys going down, I mean, he can cut. Th- he's a progressive passer. He cuts through lines and when he plays and he dribbles, he is fast and decisive. I mean, he's kind of makes bad decisions at times, but and maybe he might struggle with the discipline, but he also may really benefit from it. You know, I mean, he's getting a little older now. I like part of me has to admit, I think about it. I'm like, he might actually be really good in that role. Um, but I don't know, you know, what do you do when you already have Alon and, and DeCorey who probably can play that way too? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, he's hit or miss, you know, he's still clay in his hands. Interesting. Huh? <laughs> um, but I see that a little bit like, yeah, part of me actually thinks he could be fantastic on Rafa Benitez, but we'll see how it goes. Um, Fabian Delph. I I've always maintained that he's been very underrated and maligned, whether he deserved or not from a personality standpoint, he could have really helped us the last two years, his ability to hold the ball, maintain it, pass it very, very well. But this is not, I think a good fit for the way Rafa wants to play in the midfield. Is it? No. I mean, you're looking at a guy who obviously came from Villa. He went to man city, Certainly a different style that Pep likes to play versus what we're going to see. Yeah, Rafa. <laughs> and look, I mean, what if he's even going to be available is a big enough question. And yeah, it doesn't. We brought him in presumably also for like that little bit of extra leadership. But 
I don't really see any. He's not as much of a evidence. pointer as Gilfie. Um, yeah. So yeah, he just he dwells on the ball. You know what I mean? He's really good possession type player and progression, but but in a different type of scheme. I, I don't see a fit here at all. And Rafa is the type of guy that just ticks people off. And <laughs> I could see him just move. I just, the problem is I just don't know if you're going to get anything from him. He's on a decent wage. It's not outrageous. I I just don't see a fit here at all. So if I'm Fabian yeah. Delph, I want to move. Um, maybe he'd surprise us, but I highly doubt it. So I, I yeah I don't see a fit here at all. He seems like the complete opposite type player. Um, JPG. He's your he's, sitter, isn't he? I mean, he just seems guy. perfect. Big, I know. Strong, he, athletic, combative, great passing range, can play direct. I mean, it, Ryan, is it too much to say that like a healthy JPG could make or break our season or at least be like a dramatic difference maker? You've been really, really high on, on him. He's obviously been incredibly unlucky. I would just love to see this guy fit for like at least a couple months so we could get a feel for what he's capable of. And just for like, just from a purse, I guess like a personal standpoint, I just feel so bad for the guy for having to make this big money move and then just go through these, these professional struggles where he's not able to do the thing he loves to do most. I think the real question is um, what do you do here? Because if he's your true sitter, so let's take a step back and say, if we really have a need here, because this is what's challenging. All right. Say Andre's not going to be your right fit. You know, say we think both Alon and Decoria are probably better with like kind of your box to box slash kind of playmaker ish up and down player. JPG's your only sitter. Davies is probably a little bit more of kind of that playmaker. Maybe Alon can fill in there and sit a little bit, but like say Gomes goes, say Delph goes. I mean, that leaves you with four central midfielders. And I think JPG can also fill back in and play center center half too, if he needs, um, do we have a need if that really happens? I think we do, but I think what's really interesting is who, which is the need Do do we, which type of profile do we take? Do we take the sitter or do we take the more expansive guy? Because Alana Decore are more kind of run up and down guys, but none of them are the sit back majestic Javi Alonso pinging the ball all over the place. Um, but that being said, I just think that we need more of a sitter because do we know JPG yeah. will be healthy? And if that's the case, I assume you get someone that's a little cheaper, that's younger, that can almost be his understudy and fill in. That's got some versatility. But like, I, I just think like in the Carlo midfield, you know, it's totally different. You know what I mean? It just feel, feels differently you know, Delph would work and, and maybe Davies could be that sitter against worse sides, like almost like a Pirlo, but that doesn't exist. So, and if we're not going to play a sitter to push two guys up high, like we thought with Alon and Decore, I mean, to me, the big question is, can they get Alon to play as that kind of deeper ball winning disciplined guy or not? And even do you want him to be that? I don't know. Yeah, it's certainly, I think it's to be a really tough decision, but I think you're right in that we really, at most are looking at one guy to come in. And so where, where do we allocate those resources towards? And so Ryan, when you were doing your uh, frantic filtering on Y scout, (laughs) talk a little bit about sort of the profile that you used. Well, so I thought a guy, I I thought the sitter would be best, but the bottom line is you still got to have a guy that can kind of move the ball a bit. So I kind of looked for someone who can play in that sitting role and still has the ability to play the other, if he had to, um, 
coincidentally, we got linked recently to Glenn Kamara at, at Rangers. Um, he's more of a sitter, although he plays more of an eight for Finland. He, he That's kind of the type of player that I would think of. Now, he didn't come through in the data. Uh, he's 25, too, so I was looking at some younger players as well. But that that is a signal to me if we're actually interested in him, which I could kind of see that. That's kind of the type of player. You know, he takes care of the ball, wins the ball. He's really disciplined. He can move it a little bit. But anyway, so in Y Scout, what I did was I kind of looked and looked and favored, you know, a guy that can win a lot of duels in the back, lots of interceptions. So he's going to sit back a little further. Progressive passes are important. You know, he can move it forward and he has a high percentage of them, you know, deep completions and passes to the final third. So someone that's got a little versatility that can sit back and also maybe be kind of that playmaker. So, Sure enough, a lot of the players that spit out was more of kind of the deep line playmaker type, but I focused a few more on some of the sitting guys. So, so some of the guys that spit out shouldn't be a surprise, like Thomas Park. Sarbitzer was kind of more of the upfront um, center mid, but but it spit out some more of the playmakers. So like Jorginho, Bannister, who's freaking awesome. Locatelli, who's like your quintessential deep line ping the ball all over and he's not a goal scorer. I don't care if all you've watched the euros, that is not him. So don't get carried away. Um, Graven Birch from, I mean, from the Netherlands is young and super talented, but I view him more as the playmaker. A couple guys I liked is um, Lakanja at, um, at Anderlich. I really like him. He's, it looks like he might go to Arsenal. A lot of people think he's more of a box to box. I think he's a deep sitting guy. It's an Alvarez at Ajax. He might be that same type of guy. And sure enough, Ibrahim Sangare came out. Your faith. Well, I mean, he, he's a little different in Ajax than he thought he wanted to be. I mean, he is immediately winning and move it like immediately, but he would sit back and just block everything. You know what I mean? He, he would be an option. You know, I, I, I wouldn't, I might not pick him because I don't know how good he is now as a vertical passer, but if all you want is a guy to sit back, be huge, win balls, and move it on to someone immediately, he's it. I mean, he's like, win the ball one touch immediately and does it just really fast. So I get him. Um, some of these guys I don't think we can get. A couple other guys. So one thing I sat back as I said, okay, some of these guys would be interesting. If Lacange is gone, Sangre would be interesting. Edson Alvarez is a little more flexible, but he's the same type of guy. He can sit back. He can even place the center half. So I was like, all right, all right, let's step back. Let's deal with the guy that has, you know, deal with kind of more rate uh, stuff, you know, for passing progress, you know, progressive pass percentages, not so much as frequency. Cause I wanted to filter out some of the guys that may have been more playmakers. And then, then guys that are better that are sitters that will win more stuff. And a couple of the guys that spit out would be really interesting. My personal favorite is probably Bubakar Kamara at, at OM. Um, I would have said he's only 21. I would have said there's no chance we'd have of getting this guy um, if his contract wasn't up in 2020. So he's similar to JPG. He can play some center half too, which is really important, uh, but he can move the ball really well. He's already very good. He debatably would be one of our best players. Milan is at AC Milan's after him, but I mean, you could plug him right in. He would be unbelievable. Um, and you know, it, you could play a twin pivot and even move JPG up a little bit too. There, there's just, it would give us tremendous versatility back there Tushmani was in there at Monaco. I think he'd be way too expensive, but he's kind of another holding player like Kamara, uh, Zuba Mendy at real Sociedad. I don't think we have any chance to get him. Uh, and there are all these fun kind of younger players too. So one thought is, I mean, can you see a scenario where we don't bring in someone like Kamara is going to want to play? So, you know, I, right. He's awesome, but I don't know if that's realistic. Maybe we bring in kind of a younger player. 
I would be all for that because you look at the the guys we have now, and obviously Decore and Allen were made were more like win now type of signings. Yeah, and we do have to start to take that long term view, and and it seems like a good time to get a guy in who isn't going to expect to start every match, isn't going to demand to start every match, one for the future. The type of the type of signing like this is the opportunity for Marcel Brands to make get a guy for a relatively low transfer fee that over the next two or three years has the chance to integrate into the squad, get more regular playing time and eventually either, you know, sell for a big profit or we have a a bona fide elite guy on our hands. My my concern is Mateus Nunez is a guy that we talked about. Yep. I have a feeling though, he's such a more of a ball carrier and such more of a possession type player that although he's immensely talented, maybe he could transition into that. He's not like this direct vertical guy. Um, He really can fly and carry the ball. Well, he, he can, I don't think he's really a sitter. He'd be more of the playmaker style. Um, He's defensively responsible, but he's not going to step back in in super defense and and win everything. I think he may have had more of a Mendez connection. So I don't think he's the best fit for Rafa personally. Um, There are some kind of, you know, interesting young players. So um, a couple other guys, Enzo Fernandez is 20s at defense in Hostia and he's on loan for river. It's kind of short, but I kind of like him. Uh, Madi Kamar at St. Etienne. He's more of an attacking player, but he kind of fits the bill. Two young players that are really talented that I, I could see. You know, it's about time we start taking advantage of the Brexit to South America thing. You know, we changed the, the pork permit rules to get more young players. Um, Edgerson, uh, 21, is at Fortaleza on loan for Corinthians. He is a super young talent. Uh, they call him more of a box-to-box player, but to me, I think he could be awesome in that role. You know, another player that came through the numbers, which I just have to bring up because he's so amusing to me, is Luan at Sao Paulo. Uh, he's very good, but, dude, he is one of the funniest guys to watch of all time. He is like five foot nine. He's got to be close to 190 pounds. And, I mean, I literally – there are times where he, he just hip-checks guys. I mean, I, there was one play where a guy was trying to get him from the back and he was carrying the ball. He literally just stepped and absolutely forearm-shivered him behind him. Just, like, knocked him off like it. a running back was running with the ball. And I literally laughed out loud watching it. <laughs> um, and they're a fun team to watch anyway, and so I recommend people watching say Apollo. He's, like, 5'9". I don't think he's that fa- – I don't think he's quick enough. But but he's really entertaining. Uh, he's, I think he's buddies with Anthony too, who's at Ajax. So God, I would love to bring him in a right wing. Anyway, I, I don't know. This is a very tricky situation. I mean, look, if I had to guess, I mean, I could see us going big here and getting a young defensive mid. I just don't know if it's like a Bubakar Kamara type that, that would expect to come in and play immediately. I would have said Lakanja just perfect, but he looks like he's gone to Arsenal. Um, I think we'll see a young defensive mid here too. I, I don't know if they'll be quite that high a profile. Glenn Kamara would surprise me a little bit, but he does fit the profile. It, it just, his age is a little bit, a little bit older. Um, I could see Kamara though. I really could. I think we'll opt for more of kind of the sitting responsible player, because I think that's something we don't necessarily have. And JPG yeah. is an injury risk um, more than the playmaker type. Uh, but I could yeah. also see Rafa selling everyone in <laughs> you know, Right. I mean, we've, we've talked about Rafa loving to, to move guys on and kind of refresh the squad and bring new faces in. But at the same time, you have to have your own priorities. And I would say, given our current situation, again, it's the JPG factor, right? You can't really count 
on him, but he could be such an added bonus if he's fit. And if not, then you really have to look for that depth in that area. And the Alon, you know, is he that guy instead of the other guy? I I don't know. I I don't know. It's it's tricky. Um, Okay. All right. Let's move into the left side. Uh, We know the right wing we need, but let's talk about left side and see if it makes any sense. So um, again, year for year performance, we've got Bernard out there. He's in his last contract year at big money. He was a free Mm -hmm. We have Alex Awobi. Um, I've never even heard of that guy. Uh, anyway, he signed, he signed through 24. <laughs> he just turned 25. And Anthony Gordon out there who's signed longer term as well. Bernard, year yep. over year, just didn't play. I mean, it seemed like we had a deal for him in the summer. Yeah, and Brand said, okay. And Carlos said, no, stay. You know, I mean, Roma had him done for like eight mil. Carlos said, stay and then didn't didn't play him in the past. He was one of our most creative part of it. Maybe the limited sample size, but then you look at the duration that it's over and it's like, you can't really buy those numbers. He's just tends to be really creative and he's not as much of a liability off the ball as people make him out to be. So it's just, it's a, it's a head scratcher. I wonder if it's just like, I mean, obviously Alex Iwobi was able to get in on the right side and we have Richarlison on the left, but it's just perplexing why why we weren't using someone like, Bernard more maybe there was just some sort of some rift there between Carlo and Bernard he obviously rated him to start because he wouldn't have asked him to stay a really big head scratcher but yeah yeah obviously I totally forgot Richarlison um but Richarlison is number one here I mean he's the locked in starter I think we know that um so we're really looking for at least a number two and maybe a three uh yeah the Bernard is a head scratcher still to me and then especially at the end of the year he's playing Gilfy when it was a left half space I know I mean that's just perfect for him but whatever yeah uh, Alex Awobi you know look I mean his past progression stuff is way down uh, way down but I mean his creation is what's way down but his carries are way up his dribbling was unbelievable this past year statistically his defense is way up again this is just him playing on the right side and and playing deeper I mean that's it you know, and you look at it, I mean, again, so what happened? He would dribble the ball and, and you know, wouldn't necessarily go anywhere. He didn't want to go wide. There was no one wide to pass to him play through. Right. So, you know, he crossed the ball. He's not the best at it. But so look at it. Pass completion, way up. His ball retaining was really good. But his final third passes are way down. Passes the penalty area, slightly down. His progressive passes are slightly down, too. But, like, you know, his crosses were up, but they weren't as good. Now, the funny part is that his shot-created actions were actually higher this year, which is amazing considering how few times he he touched the ball in the attacking area. Um, but not, not as high as Arsenal. I mean, this isn't – he's not producing the way the guy that we got, who is literally one of the best open play creators in the whole entire Premier right. League, uh, per 90, you know, in his, in his roles – but God, his defensive numbers are way up. His pressing numbers, his tackle percentage number was over 50%. It was like about the best on the team. I mean, again, this is just a factor of playing a guy differently, isn't it? It's crazy to me. You know, we extend all this um, this slack to guys like Holgate and Godfrey when they're playing out of position. And yet people just have such a, a short lease for Alex and Wobie. They've been pretty critical of the crossing from deep and... The fact that he's been playing like right wing back and had to play totally out of position, out of his element, when really he's a guy who wants to play on the left wing or in the left half space. And he's in almost the complete opposite, like back right of the of the pitch. And people want to say, well, he's he's terrible. He's useless. Maybe it's just a case of a guy. He may not be that versatile a player, but it doesn't mean that he can't be utilized in a way that he's effective because we've seen it in the past. And yeah. look, this this stat really stuck out to me. 
and I think will shock some people. When Alex Wobi had more than 35 touches in a match, there were 10 of them. We won eight, lost one, and drew one. I mean, that says a lot, right, for the influence he has when he gets the ball at his feet. Yeah, and and look, I mean, it was mostly dribbling, but you look at some of the stuff he did at Arsenal. So I think initially we were looking at this, we're like, whoever comes in is going to have to get more from this guy. I mean, if one of our big issues was getting the ball into the penalty area, uh, I mean... Like, literally, we, we had no one over 20 the entire season. Like, Richarlison was right around there. And, and then you start looking at it and be like, well, God, you think a Wobie would be really good at that? And then you look at it and be like, in his last year at Arsenal, he had 62 carries into the penalty area. He had more carries in into the penalty area in three matches than anyone else on the team not named Richarlison had the entire season. Wow. Yeah, I mean, so that's the type of dynamic player. So now the thing is, I think he'll do well with Rafa, but we'll get to that in a point in a second. Um, He did play better. He did play better. He was just utilized differently. That's all. I mean, his dribbling numbers are absolutely ridiculous, by the way. And he really took care of the ball. I mean, that was very, very good for him. So it was good that he showed some versatility, but I think in the future, he's going to be on the left side. That's why we're talking about him here. Um, Anthony Gordon, it's hard to say anything, but his loan was not successful. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Look, Despite Marcel Brand's best efforts, he has had some trouble getting some guys in situations where they're actually going to play. And that's really what happened with Anthony Gordon. Seemed optimistic at the time, seemed like it might be a good fit. But ultimately, the manager came under pressure and didn't really have the the luxury of being able to play younger, less experienced guys. And when he did get the opportunity, he didn't exactly seize it. No, I mean, I watched a lot of his last couple matches. I mean, Gordon, I remember finally, you know, Alex Neal, didn't really play him. He had a few starts and, you know, his job was under pressure and he finally started him in like the middle of March against Luton. And, um, you know, then he was fired and he played like 19 minutes and then he was out of the squad back in a little bit here. God, he was in for like 37 minutes and just an absolute beating by Brentford. And he was terrible. Like he just looked pacey, but so weak and terrible first touch and just gave it away. And then he didn't see the pitch for the last five. And, and sure enough, Preston went four wins and one draw. So what does that tell you? I mean, he's probably yeah. not going to go back there. Um, but look, I mean, I, I think I think ultimately, you know, the type of player that Rafa wants is, and we'll talk about it a little bit more in right wing. You know, you think you want someone that's direct that can fly and move forward and, and move and play with the ball at pace. Um, and I got to admit, I think Alex Iwobi has a much better shot in that type of scheme. You know, he's shown that he can defend, but when he takes off, if anything, he's sloppy. You know what I mean? But man, he takes off and plays at speed and he can pass vertically. No question about it. Off the break, there were several times he just pulls one out, tries to play through someone like Dom or someone like that. I mean, that that's that's a. I think he could do really, really well in this setup. Um, and look, it he, doesn't hurt that Rafa was around when Wobie was really effective. Right. I mean, he he takes chances. He's like a, yes. a courageous player where so many of our players tend to just be very conservative, make the yeah. safe pass. He's the guy who's going to just, you never really know what he's going to do. And like, we've talked about what he does with the Nigerian national team. Oh, it's absurd. It's like back heel flicks, and <laughs> it's hysterical. bonus, every pass and like crazy stuff. And you need a little bit of that, a little bit of that flair that Alex Wobi brings. Um, you know, Rafa might be more conservative in terms of his like overall tactical approach to the game, but you'd think he'd still want a guy who's willing to take the sort of risks to get the ball forward and create. 
Yeah, I, I agree. And, and he just can do it at pace and, and through the field. You know what I mean? So I guess the question is here, do we have a need? So I, the only way I see, I don't think we have one. Um, assuming we have some, like if like a Matt Ritchie comes, that has some flexibility. That's a backup left back that could also play wing back. You know, you probably don't have a need. But if you assume Richarlison's plugged in here, you assume a Wobie could deputize. I don't know what we're going to do with Gordon. Probably try and find him alone. Uh, maybe need a third. But, uh, you know, look, Rafa likes to switch wings back and forth. You know, he'll play a guy who's left-footed on the right if he wants him cutting in that time. And next match, he'll play him on the left side, playing more of a traditional winger. So um, the interchanging thing is, I think, a factor is why you maybe don't need quite as many as that are just a left-sided player. I'm assuming Bernard's going to move. He's in his last year. Um, I, I just don't, I don't really see a need here. Um, personally, um, assuming we go bigger on the right side, unless, unless, right. unless you move a into the 10, which he could really fit very well there too. Um, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I don't think you need some, but most likely what we'll do is we'll probably go and find another winger. Maybe we'll get a right winger and then just another winger play both. Or if right. you get like a guy like Matt Ritchie, it doesn't matter. So I, I don't know. I, I don't see a massive need here, but it's kind of a function of, of the other side as well. Don't you think? Yeah, of course. I mean, I think the left side is the left wing position has been one where we've had not like too an embarrassment many. of riches, but exactly like just too many guys like, Oh, dramatic imbalance between the left and right side for so long and Richarlison can obviously would be the first choice out there I think you're probably right that Bernard's likely to move as much as it's kind of unfortunate to never really see him get a solid run in the team yeah then you've got Alex Wobie to deputize for Richarlison both players versatile can play multiple positions with it in the midfield or in the front line in Richarlison's case and so I think you have enough flexibility there that you can get by as much as much as I think Gordon has a bright future. He's probably not quite ready to make that step. If you, another loan to the championship, probably the most likely destination. Yeah. He's got to um, establish himself, man. I yeah. mean, he wasn't good for us either last year. I know he's young and talented, you know, but next year is a big year for him. Um, for sure. Yeah. I think for sure. If we get like a more versatile player to kind of play that backup left back, like we use Matt Ritchie as our example, like someone like that's, um, you could see the same thing that can play left mid and also play left back. I, then for sure, we don't need anyone else. But my guess is we don't do much on the left side. Um, but again, that's also assuming that we maybe get more versatility at center forward as well as right. And we'll get to that. We're going to break now. Uh, we'll get to that in our last um, episode to complete our assessment, because I think we'll stop here for now and we will tackle in the last episode we'll tackle the right side which we know is going to be big we'll tackle the 10 position because we don't know if Hamas is coming back or not and controversial we know uh, it'll be interesting i got a bunch of young players that i love that might be fun that have some versatility um and that's the other thing you could get maybe a 10 that can play on the left side as well we'll get to that so um and center forward. So we'll talk a little bit more in grander schemes about additional players that have flexibility in that episode. It'll be all attack, my friend. Attack, attack, attack. What we all desperately want to see yes, from we Everton. Do. Yes, we do. But yes, that's going to do it for, let's see, part three of our squad assessment. It was a monster. We knew it was going to be. We're still going strong, folks. So we appreciate you sticking with us. Hopefully you enjoyed all of the detail and the banter between Ryan and I. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. If you could do us a favor and leave us a, a rating 
uh, subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. Don't forget Toffee TV, too. We did a killer yes. episode talking about the North American version of how we reflected on Rafa. I, I thought it went well. I'm excited to see it. Indeed. Yeah, definitely check out our stuff on Toffee TV and the rest of the stuff on Toffee TV. Because Absolutely. It's great stuff. Um, also, follow us on social media. You can find all of the links at linktr.ee slash USA Toffee Pod. That's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash USA Toffee Pod. Otherwise, we'll be with you next time for the final piece of the squad assessment. And until then, up the toffees. <laughs> <laughs>